Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff. I'm your host. Today, we have Charmaine Johnson Fuller with us. And hi, Charmaine. Let me tell the parents out there a little bit about you. Charmaine is a life strategist with The Charmed Life that works with entrepreneur moms of color with special needs kids and helps them create life balance and flow through easy to implement energy and focus building techniques. When Charmaine isn't helping other entrepreneurial mamas slay their life, she is hanging with her family, playing with her plants and catching up on her favorite shows. Welcome to the show, Charmaine. Hello, hello, hello. How is everything going with you tonight, Chad? Is is this afternoon for you? Yes. Yes. Where are you located? Are you? I'm in Michigan. I'm still in the D. Yeah, you're in the D. I missed my people in the D. It's raining now. You want to stay back. You know, we can't handle the rain. We can do snow and ice. Yes. We cannot do rain. You should see what happens out here in California when these people get rain. They start going 20 miles an hour on the, uh, you know, you'd think it was a huge snowstorm hit. So we (laughs) we don't do rain out here either. I'm doing great. I'm stoked to have you on the show today because you have like taken what this show is about to another level in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in your business? So I work with mamas to get them to learn how to manage their energy. Everybody is like, manage time, manage your time. But, you know, one of the best ways to stay sane is to manage your energy and what you're saying yes and no to. And so helping them to feel more empowered in that, you know, because a lot of the times as a parent of a special needs child, you feel like your power has been taken away. You feel like in between the doctors and the teachers and everybody else, you feel like the only thing you really can say is yes to everything that's going on around you. And it it gets overwhelming really quick. And so I help them to get clear on what do you actually want to happen? You know, a lot of the times, I don't know about your journey, but I know about mine. I got caught up in whatever they recommended to me, I was doing. And it was because I really wasn't clear about what I wanted the end goal to be for my child. It's just that they give you this packet of stuff and they tell you this is all the stuff that would be great for your kid to have to exceed, you know, or just to even have some sort of normalcy. And you go, okay, because you're overwhelmed and then you do it and you're like, I'm in five different therapies and they're in school and I'm exhausted. And it's like, okay, so what do you want? Like, what's the goal with your child? So that's really that first step is that clarity step. What do you want things to look like? And that's sobering for many moms because, and parents in general, because you kind of get stuck in what they've told you and you haven't really sat down to even dream or think about what you would like to do with your child's life as well as with your own life. Because if you're sinking, they're going to sink too. 
I love that. So maybe you can tell us, rewind back to the beginning, you know, how we led into all of that. Tell us a little bit about your family. So we are technically and will always be a family of five. So there's my oldest daughter. She is on the spectrum. She's 20 now. She's on the spectrum. And when she first got diagnosed, I mean, 20 years ago, it was like autism was like this most horrid thing ever and all that stuff. Thankfully, we were in the state of Maine. My husband was military. Maine at the time was like the Bentleys for special education. And so she got, there was a school called the May Center. And she went there and they did all the ABA and stuff there. They came to the house and then they shadowed her when she went to elementary school. Like when we moved to Michigan, they were like, she really doesn't need the um, autistically impaired classroom because she knows all these different things. She's really well acclimated, all that good stuff. Cool. So the end result was great. The beginning was overwhelming. Another great thing about Maine was that the advocates there for parents at the time, like when I got here, they were like amazed at how much I knew as far as therapies and, you know, all these different things, because the advocates there actually sat and walked you through stuff. So it was a great way to be inducted (laughs) into special needs parenting. Now, our oldest son was different. He also had autism, but he had epilepsy on top of that diagnosis. So it made things a bit more challenging. And then he passed when he was 14 from the epilepsy. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say we're technically a family of five, even though we're four now. But our journey has been so interesting from the diagnosis piece of, you know, your child not being able to communicate and you're trying to figure out like, wait a minute, she has some skills and like, they're all like, what happened to all these skills? Like what happened? Mm -hmm. And having doctors tell us at the time that, you know, oh, it's just nothing. It's just speech. And so, you know, they kind of started her off with speech. And then the doctor, we finally got a pediatrician. I was like, no, she needs to see a developmental pediatrician. And so we went to a developmental pediatrician at Walter Reed, who was absolutely fabulous. And he, you know, gave us the diagnosis. I don't know about you, but like when you first get that diagnosis, it's like part relief. Mm-hmm. And the other part is like a punch in the gut. It's like, wait a minute. I wanted to be wrong on this one. Like, I didn't want this one to be the right thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be wrong. So we got that diagnosis. I believe you go through a grieving process after you get a diagnosis. Because even my son that has ADHD, there was still this grieving process. But Thankfully, because I was seasoned, you know, I was able to pick up and get him assistance needed in a much quicker matter. I will say that was the plus. But with my daughter, like after that, then it goes into this mad dash of trying to get into every available therapy that is out there. If you are a new parent, I want you to stop and listen to my pain. That is the worst decision ever, ever talking about wanting to be insane and keeping you out of being insane. That's the number one thing. Just because they say he, they can do S speech, speech, OT, PT, ABA five hours. Just because they can does not mean they should. My kids got so much more with me interacting with them and just doing basic life skill stuff and taking them around than we ever got in sitting in two or three hours of speech and OT. Not saying it's not helpful, but do not allow them to talk you into doing all of these things at the same time if you do not feel like it's a good fit for your family or for your child. 
you have to think about, you know, like one of the things I wish I would have known is, but now I do, was that you have to think about your family, the culture in your family that you're creating. You have to think about all the pieces. And it's so easy to get lost in one child. It really is. And forget all the pieces. Then you wonder why your other kids may be having behavioral issues. It's because that continuity is gone for them. Totally. And so that would be the one thing. It's like, just because they give you the packet of all the things you need to do does not mean those are all the things you need to do. And you pick one or two of them. And a good therapist will tell you this. One who just wants to get you on their roles, be like, yeah, you need all of them. But a good therapist will go, no, try this out for 90 days. Let's see what gains we make. Let's see what we need after that. And then let's move forward. So that's our story in a nutshell. And now my daughter is 20 and she's still with us, but um, she's doing like art and things of that nature. So she's just figuring herself, even though she's 20, kind of like maybe she's 16, 17 on a cognitive level. And so she's still with us because that's where she wants to be. And so that's where we are. I'm not pushing her and I'm not trying to make her normal. I'm letting her just do what she does. I'm telling you, that's the drop the mic moment right there, parents out there. I mean, if you take that away to learn how to say no, your life will change immediately. That weight will go. Immediately. You're so right. I'm so glad you brought up that point. Because we're all judging ourselves way too hard on the quality of our parenting because if we don't take on all of these, I mean, it's like a weird kind of pressure um, that we put on ourselves and we need to take it off ourselves because that grieving period that you're talking about, I think that that's really kind of like what this show's all about is trying to get out of that grieving period in the right time. But I think some people don't ever get out of it. No, they don't. Tell us a little bit about your like emotional state when you get this information 20 years ago, there's not a lot of services. Does it rock your world or you take it in stride? Tell us a little bit about how so you, how my husband and I took it differently. I'm one of those type of people where I hear what's perceived to be bad news and I immediately figure out how can I make this good news for me? Like, how can I want those people where it's like, okay, this is a bad situation and let's figure out how we can turn this around. My husband needed more space to grieve and he needed more space for breath for that um, because she was our first child. So, but that's how I took it. Like I was sad, but I'm like, you know, if I sit here and be sad, then I'm not helping her and I'm not helping myself and I have other things to do. We have another child, you know, there's so many other things that I need to be present for that I can't sit in this. And so that was mine. My husband and I have been married for 21 years today. Congratulations. Um, Happy anniversary. Thank you. And so like, as we've talked about like this whole situation, his was just from a different, you know, it's all about perspective. Right. And so his was just from a point of perspective and, you know, her as a girl being able to protect herself and mm. not being able to use her voice. And that fear for him is kind of what kept him in grief longer. I'm not judging where you are in that, but he did realize that I can't sit in here because I'm not helping her. I'm not helping my wife when I'm like this because I'm shut down. I'm not helping her. And so at some point you have to get out. For me, it was a space of there's something that needs to be done and let's get it done. Now that turned into 
us being in all the therapies. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if I ever really worked out that grief part or if I just found more things to keep me busy. Uh, the hypnotherapy, you know, the horses, we did the horseback riding. We had speech. We had OT. We had PT. We had somebody come into the house. We had social groups. We had like I had all the things. And thankfully, I was able to be at home. But it was just like we were going from one place to one place to one place and driving here and driving there. And it was exhausting. Like she was in gymnastics, like she was doing all these different things where I thought she could be social. And what I love about kids with special needs is they have a way of telling you they're not putting up with you without saying it. Like she would go to these places and have a full frontal meltdown. And back then I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand why. And like now it's like, dude, she was overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So it sounds like your emotional intelligence was pretty high at the time that, because I thought what you were thought, but it didn't necessarily translate into, you know, getting out of bed or, you know, the depression. Right. I knew what I needed to do, but I couldn't do it. It showed up for me in other ways though, Chad. I think, like I said, you know, when I said about piling on all the stuff, I think it shows up for different people in different ways. For me, it was adding more on. And I'm also diagnosed ADHD. So now it makes sense that in order for me to handle, I need to add more chaos. Like I need more things to do. I need for my brain to be busy. So there's like, oh my God, like all this stuff is starting to click and make sense. And then I also handled it at the time with drinking. Like that was the other thing, you know, because it's socially acceptable just to have a drink after everything. And so that's just what I did. I had a permanent wine glass. And so not saying that one method is worse or better than the other, but like my husband would have days where he was just not mentally available. I really wasn't mentally available either. I was just there physically and going through the motions. And I had to realize that, okay, why am I, because I don't even like to drink. Why am I drinking? Oh, I'm trying to avoid the feeling. And it's like, okay, so once I go to therapy and deal with the feeling then it's like, okay, then I don't need the wine anymore. Like, I don't, this is not a part I need anymore. And so recognizing what that looks like in you, you know, recognizing how you're displaying that grief, because however you're displaying it, trust and believe is not in a healthy way. It, <laughs> it's manifested as something that is holding you back, either physically, mentally, spiritually, or a piece of all three. But realizing what that is and dealing with it, therapy is, it is so fabulous. And I think that all special needs parents do need to go. See, this is just my personal opinion because there's so many pieces that are just different, you know, in the life. They're the meltdown. If you have a child that needs medication, you know, my oldest son had seizures. Dealing with that, that's like PTSD on a daily basis. Right. Watching somebody like at the drop of a hat fall out and have a seizure. And like, even after he passed, every time something fell, everybody in the house was jumping. You don't realize, like we didn't realize how abnormal that was because that was our normal. Mm -hmm. Like we should have probably gotten help for that then. But it was like, okay, well, it's just this and he'll be okay. And like, we'll, we'll muddle through it, you know? And, you know, seeing where those patterns are showing up in your life. Journaling is great. Even if you don't think you have any patterns, if you start journaling, you'll start to see like, oh man, every time this happens, I do this. Or, you know, this is how I'm not dealing with this situation that's going on with my child. So, yeah, that is a huge part there. Yeah. I feel like for me, 
there's no coasting in this line of work if special needs parenting is a line of work. There's no coasting, right? Like it's it's um either like moving towards depression, debilitated, right. can't help my kids, can't help myself, need to drink, or I'm working the morning routine. I'm getting the spiritual and the journaling and the meditation, and I'm I'm getting these this enlightenment, and now my child is just unique and. It's a beautiful world. It's like, it's a big extreme. It's a big difference on how your way of life, how do we like make sure that we're on the path to, you know, joy and serenity versus chaos. Yes. So how did your, did your business, was that like a recipe for caring for yourself or did it come or did the business come after you learned all of the like sometimes we create businesses to do things that we're trying to learn, right? Right. Did you already know and then you created the business or did the business come out of this experience that you were having? The business came out of this. Other moms, I was really active in our, it's called, it was a special needs parent group. I forget the acronym for it, but it was a special needs parent group that was connected to the school. And parents were like, well, how do you know that? And how are you able to do that? And how do you have them with you? Why are they not melting down? Like what are voodoo are you doing on these kids to where you're able to have these pieces and pockets of even the time you do have? Like, and to me, it's like, well, this is not a lot. Really what I want to do is sit for an hour in the morning and meditate and drink a cup of coffee and just chill out. But, you know, at the time it was, I called it my three and 15. I had five minutes. I did some movement, five minutes. I meditated five minutes. I journaled. And I moved about my day like, well, how are you even finding 15 minutes? And I'm thinking, really? And so then I started to break down, you know, um, how I was able to get through that. And it at first I just did it just by talking to moms. It wasn't even a business. And somebody was like, you do know that women pay for this. I'm like, for real? Like, I'm just sharing with another mom. And so that's where it turned into a business. But turning it into a business allowed me to reach more moms. It allowed me to serve in a bigger way and not just from a space of, you know, kind of one on one or anything like that. But it allowed me to serve in a bigger way and to share more information and to even learn more about the different disabilities and what different moms go through. Even at the end of the day, it's all kind of the same thing. But learning about that, you know, one of the things that helped me, like I said before, is being clear. Clarity is everything. Clarity and order is everything. And so having clarity about what do you want your child's life to look like? You know, what do you want your life to look and feel like? And most of my moms start off with, well, I'm sick of it feeling crappy. Okay. So now what's the opposite of crappy? Not crappy. Okay. Now we're making progress. So a lot of the times we would start off, you know, they start off with how they're feeling now. And I try to get them to sit in those feelings because everything we do is to feel a certain way. Even the stuff that we don't like doing, we do it to feel a certain way. And so the goal is to feel more of the, the way that you want to feel and not the way that you're kind of allowing life to lead you. And so helping them to get clear on that and then also teaching them how to breathe. There is this thing where we tell our kids like, oh, my God, he needs transition time. Like we put that in IEPs, right? He needs transition time. She needs transition time. You just can't take her from one activity to the next. Yeah. But we do it. And we expect for our bodies, because we're adults, to act different 
when we go from doing the laundry to now trying to build a landing page with no break in between, totally. or we build a landing page and do an email sequence and we do all these things and then go make dinner and expect for our brains to catch up. And then we wonder why it takes us like 15 to 20 minutes to remember, oh yeah, I'm making dinner and <laughs> because your brain needs that time. And so teaching them how to take those, you do something and then you look out the window, go walk out in the grass. And what everybody realizes that although it's counterintuitive, because even our society doesn't teach us that breathing is okay. It's like next, 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 do more, be more, have more, this more, 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 that there's no transition space. And once you have that transition space, you don't have to wait for your brain to catch up when you start the next activity. You're just ready to do the next activity, you mm. know? So having that piece there of teaching them how to breathe and set up those sprints. Like my oldest son was here. It was so funny. People were talking about, they were, I was working in like 15 minute sprints, 10 to 15 minute sprints, because that's all I had. All I had before I knew that he was about to get into something or do something that I did not want him in, or he was going to have a meltdown. So I had to be very clear and ordered so that when I was working on my business, I knew exactly what I was doing in those 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like it was like laser focus. This is all I've got. Then so I could go spend another hour to two hours with him so he could get and then I would come back. And then like anything else that required more than 10 minutes had to be done after either he wound down or my husband got home or he was in bed, you know, but I had to learn throughout the day. There are certain things in a business you have to do throughout the day. Like you can't do it at 10 o'clock at night because your kids sleep. Yeah. So I had to learn how to work those times in throughout the day and having those transitions and breaks help. I like and, that. Yeah. Another thing was everything is the flow, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, there's no life hack. There's this flow to it. You know, everything builds on the next thing. It's having that plan. Again, once you're clear, now putting it into some actionable bite size. Yeah. Actionable steps. Do not try to climb up the mountain on the first day. Yeah. Do a foot a day, not the whole thing. And I think that's where a lot of us get trapped at is you know you feel like oh my gosh i should have i could have if mm. this wasn't and so when you leave from the i should have could have would have and if my child didn't have this disability then i could be here that leads to resentment mm -hmm. it leads to delusion because you are where you are right now in this holy instance so work with it and when you create a plan based on where you are in this holy instant to where you're going to that helps you to set up a more realistic plan i'm not telling you to dream smaller I'm telling you to put your big dream in a more realistic container that you can actively do right now. Like most of us don't have personal assistants, virtual assistants, housekeepers, groundskeepers, cooks. If you know you're doing all of these roles, then you have to think about the growth of your life and your business and the space of what's actually going on, being realistic. That's why working with somebody is so important because like a lot of us have big dreams and it's like, I'm making a million dollars next month, but you have a kid that has some behavioral issues and you can only work five or 10 minutes a day. You're not going to make a million dollars working five or 10 minutes a day. And so just to bring it down just a little bit into a container that your life can swallow. Yes. Yep. I like that. So um, I think for me, this is one of the benefits having special needs kids is if it sort of pushes me 
to that place where I have to get clear. Otherwise, I won't get anywhere. Now that I start on this journey that I was pushed to because of my special needs children, all of a sudden, you know, life starts to blossom in a much more beautiful way. You know, sometimes people ask me, how do you have the time to do some of the things that I do? And it's because of what you're talking about. And so for those parents out there that are listening, go to the charmedlife.me and we'll have it in the show notes. I love your website. I got lost in a journey of the content. I thought it was fabulous content. So, So great job. And the work that you're doing is like, I have to go there every day. I state my stuff out loud. You know, I try to make sure I'm very clear and then do those, take those steps. Yeah. And I get so much more done than, than, than years of where I had all day, you know, because right? <laughs> every shiny object, I was like, oh, that's a, that looks like a cool piece of software that could help my business. Right. You know, and next thing you spend three days on a new piece of software. Something non-essential. That you're going to, you're <laughs> done using next week. So. You know what I tell parents all the time, special needs parenting and overwhelmed are not mutually exclusive. They don't have to be best friends all the time. Like <laughs> you don't have to be stressed out. You can have joy in this journey. Just gotta have some clarity and pull it in. Yes. So I think you've touched on this a little bit, but how do you take care of you? Do you take time out for yourself is the first question. Have you always taken time out from the beginning? How do you kind of move through that if parents are listening and they're not taking time for themselves? So self-care is a daily act and it's not always that day at the spa or lunch out with girlfriends or anything like that. It's a mental practice. It's taking care of your mind, your body, your spirit. And so for me, self-care now looks like a variety of things. I finally got to that two hour block where I can sit in the morning and journal and meditate and do. So that is my version of self-care. Like even when my oldest son was here, I got him to understand that that was my time. It wasn't easy, but he understood even though he was limitedly verbal, he understood that was my time. And so I finally got to the space where that's where I do in the morning. Once a quarter, I'm moving this up. My husband and I go do a float tank, which is we do float tank. What's a float tank? So you get in this big pod. Okay. Get in there and you float on salt water. It's like sensory deprivation. So it's dark. There's like, it's just you in this tank of floating water. It's fat. Like you think, oh my, first you're like, oh my God, that's stupid. But in this time where we're always on our devices and stuff, An hour away from any of this actually makes me more creative. I'm more pleasant. It's like, it takes a lot of that stress off. Mm -hmm. But um, we do that once a quarter. I've made vacations a priority. That's self-care. Getting away from your norm is a priority. Saying no is self-care. And when you're clear, it's so much easier to say no. Saying no is an act of self-care. I do all types of things for myself that are not work-related now. Back then, no, because everything was for the kids. We tell ourselves everything is for the kids. I'm doing this all for the kids. And we don't ask for help. You know, that's another piece of self-care that I do now. I ask for help. If I need help with something, I ask my husband. I mean, that's why we're a team, you know? Or 
you know, I asked my daughter who's now 20 and can do stuff for her to do some of her own things versus thinking that I have to do it all on my own. And if that's where you want to start off with self-care, I would highly suggest starting off with asking for help and accepting help. I think that is the biggest form of self-care that we could have because a lot of the times as parents of kids with special needs, we think that for some insane reason that we have to have this whole thing figured out on our own, mm-hmm. and if we don't do it on our own, that we're asking a stupid question or people are going to look at us like, oh my God, you know, what type of parents are they? We're special needs parents for a reason. So use your status, ask for the help, ask for people to support you and allow them, to allow them, allow them allow them to support you in the way that they can. It's not going to look like yours, but allow them to support you in the best way that they can. As long as they get it done, don't worry about it. I used to trip out because my husband won't cook. He'll go out and buy dinner, but he won't cook. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to get the kids to eat this, blah, 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 blah. And so I wouldn't let him go out and buy dinner. So then I would cook all the time and go, I need somebody to help me cook. He's like, but babe, I went out and got like, I gave you a break. This is the best way I can give you a break. You don't want me to cook. I'm like, okay. So I had to learn how to allow him to show up in the way that he could best show up to help me out. And sometimes we want people to show up how we want them to show up and how it's, so then we don't accept any help. And then we cry because the help didn't look like we thought it should look. So first act of self-care, if you're not taking it now, ask for help. Get clear about things you need assistance with and ask your tribe. If you have people in your house that can help you, ask them. Even friends, you'd be surprised that friends that are willing to help you because they know of all you're going through as a special needs parent. You would be so surprised just by going, God, my laundry is out of control. I need help. And that that girlfriend might come over and either grab your laundry or sit and just talk with you and do it. You would be so surprised at how many people are ready to have your back. You got to ask and you got to let them show up. Yeah. When I'm hearing you talk, it seems like it all goes back to that clarity that you were talking about. It's like if you're clear and you know what to ask for and you allow the, you know, but you got to be clear, you know, and sometimes the overwhelm is just too much and it's hard to be clear, you know, newly diagnosed. Yes. Like, I don't know which way's up and which way's down. I get it. I hope that for the parents that are listening out there who feel that way, I don't know, figure out how to take a couple steps back and, you know, and reach out to Charmaine and try to get that clarity because that's everything. It'll change your life. It'll it'll change your life. I'm not sure if this is going to be a bad thing to say, but just the people I talk to on this show, I can tell who's caring for themselves and who isn't. You know, and you, the energy is calmer and the conversation is, you know, and you have, you have a wonderful energy about you. I think that's probably something that comes through in your business for the ladies that you work with. So what are you excited about for your daughter kind of looking forward? What's something that you're excited about for her? I am excited about her finding love. That is her goal. Her goal uh-huh. is to find love. And even though... Can I cuss? Even though I am scared shitless because it's a foreign territory for me and every part of the please protect her is like, no, she can't do it. But it's like, she's so excited. Like when she goes out on dates and she's, she's excited. And I'm like, (laughs) wow. 
but her excitement takes away my fear because she is so fearless in the process. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm most excited, that part and her stepping in more to being her own brand of young woman and using her voice because she's learning how to really use her voice more, which is surprising for me and her dad. Because normally she would sit back and she wouldn't say anything. And now she has opinions. And it's like, she'll talk and go, whoa, wait. <laughs> you know, so those are the things I'm really excited about for her. It's like wild to watch her grow. And even though it's not on the schedule that the chart says she's supposed to be on, it's in her own timing. And it's great to watch it unfold. But it's also scary in the same breath. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that sounds scary. I, I haven't thought about that like recently. And I was like, well, I want to share a quote that you gave because I just absolutely love it. And I'm not sure that I've heard it before. And then maybe you can think of something that you'd like to leave our parents with a thought if you if something comes to you. And then you'll tell us a way that we can get in touch with you as well. But here goes the quote by the infamous Joan Rivers, never give up. If they cut off your hands, use your elbows. If they cut off your arms, use your teeth, but never, never give up. And that is a beautiful motto for us to live by because there are some days where it feels like I'm not going to make it to tomorrow. And throwing in the towel, just like- For sure. Yeah. So, it's, so it's those days, yeah. Do you have a thought for us and tell us how we can get in touch with you? Final thought is you are just as brilliant as the doctors. You are a part of the team. Stand up, use your voice, make yourself heard. Your opinions, thoughts are just as valid as the people with the PhDs and all the letters. So don't ever feel small in those spaces. That's the final thought. Awesome. They can reach me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So um, if you just go type in Charmed with Char, you'll be able to find me on Instagram and it should come up on Facebook as well. Or you can email me at hello at thecharmlife.me. And that way, if you want to get clear, I do have free strategy sessions. They are absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Uh, you know, I've had people come and use them just to get that point of clarity, right? That point of clarity that you need to go, oh, this is the next move versus is it this one? Is it that one? Is that one? So, you know, there are spaces to get that done. But yeah, you are the savior you have been looking for. Step into your greatness. I love that. So many nuggets on today's show. Thanks to Charmaine and to one of the things that you said earlier. Parents, reach out, ask for help. Take the strategy session. Get some clarity. Make that next move that's going to make your life better for you and your family. Charmaine, it was so great to meet you. It was so much fun, Chad. I'd love to stay connected as our journeys continue to unfold. And thank you for all the wisdom you've shed for us today. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody have a great evening. All right. Bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. 
iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics. And the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. Mm -hmm.